0: TLGPE DNA shares some of the tips and tricks required to deliver outstanding PE lessons. In these podcasts, we focus on the how to teach element of PE, looking specifically at how we teach, how we maximise learning and how we grow the individuals. Teach, learn, grow. The principles that TLGPE was founded
1: on. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the TLGPE DNA podcast. I'm Matt and I'm joined by Colin for this podcast and we're gonna talk about preparation, one of the four areas of how we teach PE. Morning, Colin. Morning,
0: Matt, you all right? Very well, yourself? Yeah, good. So is this the point where we get the, um, the analogy out of the way?
1: What is it, Prepa- failing to prepare is preparing to fail? Ah, I thought you were going with a different one. There's lots of peas in it, we're not gonna go down that road. Yeah, but isn't, yeah. I think prior, was... preparation and pri- prior preparation and planning yeah. prevents some kind of poor performance. What kind? don't say it <laughs> um, yeah so
0: I guess this one's all about the uh, importance of preparation and the the fact that if you don't prepare properly for PE it becomes a very difficult subject to teach and it can like any subject you know hamper the learning of the children because you would not walk into a normal lesson and I say normal as in another curriculum area without
1: fully preparing what you're going to do yeah I mean def- I-, I think definitely with PE you can um, I'm sure with others but my experience, is definitely with PE, you can have all the knowledge in the world. If you've not, you know, if you've not prepared properly, it can look, for want of a better word, car crash. You know. Yeah,
0: and you know, like so, preparation covers a whole heap of areas in PE. So, you know, but not overly different areas to what you would teach in any other subject. You know, so first of all, I've got to prepare my resources for the lesson. Yeah. Which, from a PE perspective, is your equipment. Yep. You know, so whereas if you're teaching a uh, geography lesson. You might need to prepare the fact that you've got X amount of atlases ready, or X amount of maps, or things like that. PE is no different. You need to make sure you've got your resources ready for the lesson, and that's not wheeling out the whole cupboard. That's I need for this lesson: eight rugby balls, a stack of cones, some bibs, and some tag
1: belts. You made you've you've made a good point there. Right? You know, I need eight rugby balls, not I need that massive bag of three hundred rugby balls. We can't yeah. just take them out. I need. Eight rugby balls. What kind of rugby balls do you need? Pumped up ones. There you go. I knew that was coming. Okay, you take them out. You've got flat rugby balls. Suddenly, you're playing with might as well be dishcloths. So, you know, yeah. it's. But I, I, I don't know. To us, that that's, that seems quite simple. And yeah, don't it want does patronise people. But it, it, it's it's what we do. But it's, what what we do is we patronise people. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let's get. that. <laughs> you said do. you didn't want to edit anything, right? But please.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's um we look the. Duh. The the, <laughs> the flat ball thing is a big one, yeah. you know, because what tends to happen in schools is that it's always somebody else's fault that they're flat. Yeah. You know, so it's like... Somebody came in at night and let them down just yeah. to annoy me. Or, well, whoever used them last didn't pump them up, so I'm not going to bother. That kind of, you know, so... But the reality is you, your dishcloth analogy was actually quite good because if you've ever had the misfortune of throwing a flat rugby ball... First of all, the skill set of throwing a rugby ball changes when it's flat yeah. because your the force needed to propel it is different. Your hand position changes because there is no natural ball shape to hold. Yep. It's literally kind of a banana almost. And then obviously the catching element changes because it flies differently through the air. You can catch it one-handed because you can just grab it and it will squeeze. You know, so... If you're trying to teach in year three learning objectives around passing a rugby ball, catching a rugby ball, you're not if you do, don't do yeah. use a pumped up ball because you're using a totally different set of learning learning components that make that skill what it is. Yeah. So whilst it sounds petty and little and you know, make sure your balls are pumped up, it's actually fundamental, yeah. you know, there's, there's not an awful, if you you could almost stop this podcast now and go right, that's preparation done, make sure your equipment's pumped up. <laughs> yeah. Because it is one of the biggest problems you yeah. know and, and making sure you've got the right stuff you know and I know that sounds obvious but so this is like what size should that I was be? just going to say that yeah. yeah you know so if you're if you're teaching year three, four, five, six, it should be a size 3 3 yeah you could possibly, possibly push to four a 4 and five and six, yeah. yeah you could push to a 4 in the late years but if it's a size 5 which is what we'd play with on a Saturday yeah it's too big so therefore the hand position is wrong the ability to throw and catch it correctly is difficult you know because the the ball is too physically big if you're playing football you should be playing with a four or a three yeah you know if you're playing cricket you shouldn't be using wooden bats because it changes the dynamic of what you're trying to teach. Yeah. if you're playing hockey you shouldn't be using a hockey ball that we would play with on a saturday you should be using a quick six ball or you know at worst a
1: tennis ball really yeah because a hockey ball is gonna hurt Absolutely. more than anything. And you know as you say that you know honestly how weird does a size 5 ball feel when you've been coaching rugby all week a size 3 Yeah <laughs> I feel yeah. like I
0: struggle with it. You can't do one-handed I do struggle with you it can't that's do, just my you. can't do kind of one-handed sort of
1: they have to play properly yeah, stuff that you, you know. Yeah doing like that fancy stuff three. that amazes the kids. But but yeah you're right you know there's lots of different um lots of different sports with specific equipment for primary school PE you know and that's there's a reason for that there's safety there's to assist in learning it's not just Right, we're going to do hockey. Well, we'll use days that Mr. Brown used to teach me in 1982. With, you yeah. know, uh, I'm not that old. And um,
0: and you know, like with hockey, you know, the the amount of sort of uni sticks that are in schools, yeah,
1: that, <laughs> yeah,
0: that yeah, um, <laughs> that that aren't suitable for teaching hockey because if you're teaching hockey, part of the key component of hockey is the ability to dribble. You know, that moving with the ball is a fundamental part of, of the game. It is if you don't have a stick that allows you to complete the technique to do that skill so it doesn't allow you to turn the stick over to only use one side of it because by default a unihawk stick is an ice hockey stick for all intents and purposes where you dribble with both sides it becomes increasingly difficult to teach the correct technique and skill now you can try and change that you can mark the sticks to give them a distinctive side so you can only use that side if budget constraints say that that's what we've got you've got to deal with it yeah you you can but it's yeah but it's better than it's better yeah. than double-siding them and just saying use whichever side you like because yeah, cool, that's yeah. fundamentally not what hockey is so you can mark them but in the current climate of having an awful lot of money in schools to buy these things if you are serious about teaching hockey Buy
1: some proper sticks. That's what I was going to say. If you're serious about teaching, but that's what you've, I don't don't. I, I personally wouldn't teach it if I didn't have the right stuff. You know, it's if all I had was uni hockey, yeah. In case yeah, mean, there two, is, certainly. There is, case there, is, two. there is an argument. You know, that or there is a
0: a thought process that if you can Indian dribble with a uni stick, then you'll be pretty good at it with a hockey stick. Yeah. You know, it's a bit yeah. like if you watch ice hockey. You now see that kind of almost Indian dribbling technique coming into ice hockey a little bit. You know yeah. they've started to use the, the little toe tip drag, of the, yeah. yeah, the little tip of the stick. Um, and it's a quite it's quite a difficult skill to complete on ice. It? it looks good, <laughs> but it's crept into that game. So it is it is possible, but it's harder. Yeah. So you could argue, well, actually, if you can teach it with the uni hockey stick, if they then get a hockey stick in the hand, they should be much better at it.
1: Yeah, all I mean, all I mean by that was sort of, you know, you know your class, but you know, once you're watching someone, if they can do it, brilliant. But then when you're going to watch another group or something, do they go back? to Yeah, the to temptation is like, yeah, too big. It's not it? The what temptation, I mean, the temptation big. That's the bad word. You know, so you know the first
0: part of this sort of podcast is the equipment is paramount. But having the right equipment is good. But also from a preparation point of view, is that having what you need for the lesson with you. So not you see a lot of people taking out a bag full of bibs. Yeah. So they'll take out you know a tray of bibs or a bag of bibs to PE. Now if your game that you've prepared is four teams of seven then you need to make sure that you've got seven green bibs seven yellow bibs seven red bibs or, or whatever yeah if you just take out the bag and then you go right put a bib on then what you're going to end up with is potentially 10 reds four blues six yellows you haven't actually got three teams out of that no. then you say oh well half the reds have got to go on the blues well if we haven't got seven blue bibs we can't really identify them as a team because i'll have four blues three reds so you know it's 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 preparation to the you know putting bibs into the right bags having the right number taking them out the right numbers if you're playing tag rugby making sure that the belts have got velcro on make sure they still stick make sure they've not been dragged through the mud and then the mud stops the velcro from sticking so you know just just having the right equipment for the lesson and making sure that the equipment is fit for purpose that's that's kind of the
1: main thing from an equipment point of view have we done? Have we finished with our PE P- cupboard grump? Have we done? Have we done? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, if you, no, yeah, but one last more. thing: if you if you buy anything for your
0: PE cupboard, buy a pump. You know, I think when we years ago, well, I'll, I'll extend on that and the needle. Thank you. No, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> needles. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, years ago, we um we did like a ten things your PE cupboard must have. Nine of, of them of. were needles. Well, <laughs> I think one of them was a pump and needle, and people were like, "Oh, I was kind of expecting more than that." You know, like I was expecting these kind of pearl of wisdom of, yeah, your PE yeah. couple should have this bit of amazing kit. It's like, yeah, it should have all these great things, but if it hasn't got a pump and needle, 90% of what you're doing PE is going to be naff because you're not going to have the right sort of, you're not going to have the ball pumps up properly. So anyway, I'm done. I'm done. Equipment. Sure. Done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Let's move on to something else. So.
1: Um, what about tennis equipment? No, right, so, no. Uh, spacers then, preparation with spacers. You see a lot of, you see a lot of lovely um Colour, co- colour coordinated, colour coded pictures set yep. out and all that sort of thing. It's the right size for what for what you're doing, maybe. Does it get you know? Does it give you the best views of things? Is it is it right? Is it on a hill? Is it on a wet playground covered in puddles? Space, go for it. Go on, tell me what you think about space. Uh, well, size, I... size is the most important, obviously, for what you're doing. And yeah. number of spaces.
0: Yeah. I, I have no issue with colour coordinated pitches. I, personally, I don't have the time or the inclination <laughs> to stack cones into colour. But I know a lot of people do. Yeah, and they definitely. Get, they get very almost OCD about it. I have um,
1: CDO. What's that? It's like OCD, but in alphabetical order like it should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like that. um, yeah, so... <laughs> you caught me there for a minute. I, thought, I was
0: worried about what CDO might be. Like um, so, yeah... I, I have no issue with that, and I think that for some learners, it can be a benefit yeah. because you can you know you can differentiate boundaries quite easily when it's color. you know you are on the green pitch, do not leave the green square kind of thing. Um, however, for me, the space is important if you're if you're making space areas uh with cones, then it doesn't need to be like you're building a wall. Yeah. you know you can leave gaps between those cones. Uh, a metre a metre and a half between a cone is I fine. tend to go about
1: four steps I tend yeah to. I think
0: it's it's personal preference but you know you don't want to be building a wall the more cones you put down the longer it takes you've just got to make sure that it's square and if you want a top tip for squaring out an area walk backwards there you go I know it but go on do you want to tell people why that is because you can see what you've put down As If even if you think you're walking straight if you walk straight and then turn around and look guaranteed
1: that line of cones is wonky and when you go and... The one cone that is out of place, when you go and straighten that up... Another one will look out of place. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I'm not sure. But if you walk Remember backwards... Remember magic eye pictures you
0: used again? I'm not sure. 90s. Look, if you walk backwards, you can, <laughs> you can make a much straighter line.
1: There you go. Um, if you don't already have lines to go, go along. The yeah, way. true. yeah. But I, mean, I, I say that in jest, but some people use lines on football pitches, netball courts, whatever it may be, and put their cones... To, just because the lines are there, but it makes it bigger than it should be or smaller than it should be. Yeah. So it's like, if, if you need to ignore the lines, ignore them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for being sort of prudent with time. Yeah, you know? of course. So if you, if, you, if you can use lines and it's easy just to throw them down on the existing lines, And yes, I would, I would always still put cones down even if they're on a line. Yeah, oh, I do, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you start kind of going an L of cones and an L of line, it gets a bit confusing. Yeah. I probably would not put them as close together if I was following a line because there's a line between them. Yeah.
1: What but, I mean by that is if someone's got if someone's playing a game and they've got a netball size square yeah, without yeah, the markings yeah. on, yeah. you think oh, I'll just but you mark need a smaller
0: and... area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then use some of the lines if you can, but then cut it maybe halfways or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Um But the 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 thing with space for me is that you know you've you've got to plan your transitions. So. You know generally in pe a bit like well very much like when we're teaching in the classroom you don't you don't do one activity for the full hour you'll you'll go through a, a warm-up or a starter activity you'll then go into your main activity you then perhaps go into some further learning so each component of the lesson needs to be planned separately and they will transition and when when you're in pe that normally means that the space has to transition as well yeah. so in the classroom it doesn't necessarily you don't have to think about that because you still sat at the same desk or you're still in the same group but Generally, outside the space needs to transition. So it's it's am I prepared for that? Do I know what they need to look like? Have I if this game goes from two rectangles to two rectangles with squares in? Have I got the cones next to the pitchers ready to just put those four cones down to make yeah. square? Have I got the hoops ready to throw into the pitch to make the next game? So it's having that transition plan, not just the starting point. And I think the other thing with space is that generally time is a factor. Yeah. So. You know if you're teaching pe yourself you're generally hitting the space at the same time as the children yep you know so you've either got to have something planned for them to do whilst you're walking backwards putting your cones out yep or you've got to be very quick at getting that space done and dusted definitely or there is a third option which people forget about you get the space prepared before the lesson now I know that's not always possible. I totally know that. But sometimes it is. When it is, do it. And it might be that I need to nip out at the end of break to put them out. Oh, the kids are already on the playground. Okay. But what about if we said, for that break lesson, we're going to... uh, Sorry, for that break time, we're going to move the children to one end of the playground for the last five minutes. So I can just set my space out. Or I'm going to use the field to set out because we're on playground for break time. Or, you know, so... I know there's not always a way, but the point I'm making is sometimes there is, and we don't yeah. look for it because it's not obvious. Yeah. But if you can set the space up before you go out, so the children walk out into the lesson and the lesson is then good to start, that means that you can get the lesson going quicker, which means you lose, sorry, you, you don't lose learning time. Correct. You know, So you're out, you're in, and the children are engaged in the process because it's a bit like, it's not, I know, but it's a bit like walking into the classroom and then saying, right, we need to get the desks and chairs out. Yeah, yeah. So you just sit at the back while
1: I just line all the desks and chairs out. Or or even less daft. You, like, you've you all come in, right, now I'm going to get your literacy books out for you. Yeah. They'll be on the tables. Yeah.
0: You know? Or No, I'm going to go and find your literacy books from oh, yeah, the office yeah. down the road. And then, so you just sit here and wait, you know. And that's, I, we're being a little bit facetious, but the, the concept the is similar, so, yeah. you know, and... That, I think that's one of the fundamental things with space is that you've got to get it. You've
1: got to get it planned. I think you can. anything, you know, having the space for them to walk straight out into ready, you can see the lesson can start is great, and that also goes with um, when you're putting your children into their groups, having them ready as well. Yeah. You know, they can walk in and know it's a lesson straight, because you know, probably fifty percent of the time, if if not more, children are going into a peer lesson straight after they've been in the same area for break time, yep. or they've been in the same area for lunch time, which is play time, free time, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Now we're going to the same place. I might have put a different... Well, I should have put a different set of clothes on. Yeah. It's, no, it's learning time now. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but 10 minutes ago, it was... Yeah, so that, the, 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 soon, the soon my point is, the sooner you get them to the playground field, wherever it is you're doing that PE lesson, the sooner you get them there and ready to start a lesson... The easier it becomes yeah. in my experience and what i mean we'll talk about in some of the other podcasts
0: about the importance of that space looking like it's for a lesson yeah you know sort of taking the classroom outside sort of thing and that comes in a different kind of area but i think what what you did mention there and we touched on it, is the groups of the children you know and that's that's a really important one is that having having the children pre-grouped for your lesson because again you would do that in a classroom so you would your table plan would be set for a specific reason whether yeah. that be behavior whether that be ability whether that be personality you know there is always a reason yeah, why children sit where they sit when we get out into pe and we say right you're on this pitch you're on that pitch what tends to happen is we either get a line a hand that goes down the middle of the line and we go right 15 there 15 there or we get adventurous and go get into pairs one of his aunt one of his deck oh, man, i'm deck right deck on that pitch and on that pitch you know we we, we find ways of doing it but actually, we don't do it for the reasons we would do it in the classroom. And the, right, go down the line, one, two, one, one two, one, two. two yeah. Which is not what you do in the classroom. You would not sit and go one, two, three, four on this table, uh, one, two, three, four on this table. You would have a plan for that. And that that carries through to PE. So, you know, have the children pre-grouped, whether that's from assessment, whether that's from behaviour, whatever it may be. And and know that that grouping is, is against the planning for the lesson. So, you know, understand your planning. Prepare for the lesson make sure whether you whether you buy an external system for your planning whether you're using a colleague's planning whether you've sat and planned the lesson yourself you know in detail make sure you understand it make sure you understand it from start to finish and those transitions
1: so i've done all, all my equipment's ready pumped up it's set to the right amount of stuff in the space we planning my, you know all the yep. children are grouped all that we're all outside let's go bang starts raining <laughs> yeah i'm planned for that should have i know <laughs> oh god that, that sounded really harsh and I didn't mean that cuz I no, no, you know you I know
0: but the british weather dictates that there will be times when you cannot get outside yeah. you know and we have to accept that a little bit and part of that comes down to how we plan our curriculum so we we need to plan things that you know take into account those terms where weather will be a challenge you know so what we do in summer one and summer two on our long term plan should be very different to what we do in autumn two and spring one. You know, because generally the rainy days we hope will be less in the summer term than they are in autumn two, spring one. The the temperature will be higher in summer term, so there should be less need to come. (laughs) You use the word should so many times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um but, you know, so we can we can help ourselves with our, our mapping. And what we can also do is we can we can put into you know and we talk about autumn two and spring one a lot when we talk to schools about curriculum mapping we talk about those as being the the challenging terms weather wise i know it doesn't i know there's other terms that are challenging but autumn two spring one are the real challenging ones and you know putting outdoor sports into your curriculum in those terms which can be easily or more easily transferred inside yep is one way around it so taking sports that you can then bring inside so for example you know hockey is more easily transferable inside than tag rugby is yeah for example um netball is more easily transferred inside than football is yeah you know so you can and and if anyone's sort of listening over why well because the components of the skills and the techniques involved in those games are much more suitable to be in a confined space so when you look at hockey you can do a lot of dribbling work in a small space. If you're looking at netball, you can bring the post inside and you can shoot. Yeah, a lot of people might have been thinking there that
1: you know, hockey hockey pitch is about the same size yeah, as football yeah. pitch. So it's, it's, it's not about matches. Yeah, it's, yeah. So
0: it's the technique and the skill development. You know, So it's, it's it's working on those in a confined, so going back to drill-based learning in effect, but putting those drills in place inside. Even
1: more, I was gonna say extreme, that's the wrong word, even more less popular PE sports, such as tri-golf and stuff. Yeah. So so many putting games you could do. Each yeah, side. exactly. You know, yeah. Change that from your ultimate frisbee or whatever it might be. I don't know. Yeah, whatever yeah. It yeah be. I mean, a good example.
0: Ultimate frisbee is summer term or never, yeah. because you know if you if you're not doing it on a glorious day on a school field, you might as well not do it because mm. you can't throw a frisbee in a school hall. You can, but you will only do it once. Yeah, <laughs> a lot <of> <laughs> there's, there's I a few, know you only do it once. There's a few danger elements. I think the key thing though is that from a continuity of learning point of view. Whatever you do in your scenario when I'm all set up and it rains, the the unit of work that you are teaching continues. And this is a big one because what a lot of people would do is... What some people would do is one of two things. They would either go, it's raining, PE is cancelled.
1: I know where you're going with the next one. Or they
0: would go, right, it's raining, everyone in the hall, let's have a game of dodgeball. Yeah. Now... I'm not saying that PE shouldn't be fun. I genuinely not, and I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for a game of dodgeball. You know, if it's the last week of term and you've met all your learning objectives for the unit of work and the children have exceeded what they should do, then hell yeah, get the dodgeball out and let them have a bit of fun. You def- yeah, give them a treat. If if you play dodgeball in PE because it's fun, you're by default implying that the rest of your PE lessons aren't. So that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's perhaps another issue that needs to be looked at from a personal point of view is well actually if i need to play dodgeball to make it fun there's something wrong with the way i deliver rugby or there's something wrong with the way i deliver hockey or there's something wrong with the way i deliver netball because they are fun games yeah so that that's the first thing the second thing is if you if you if you sort of say right we we're going to go outside we we're going to do uh attacking and defending principles in rugby but it's raining so we're going to go inside and play dodgeball what you must do is if, if you have to go down that route because you physically can't play any rugby games you can't do any throwing and catching in the hole what you've got to do is then look at least at the attacking and defending principles of the sport Yeah. so you can't just say let's play dodgeball you've then got to teach right we were, t- we were going to do attacking and defending let's do attacking and defending but we're just going to use dodgeball as the medium of attacking and defending so why, where do we attack from? we attack from the front where we defend from? We defend from the back what does that give us? it gives us depth why do we use width? because it creates bigger holes between people to hit what does width give us in tag rugby? Well, actually, it gives us bigger holes in the defence. And what do we do with that in tag rugby? We run through them. So actually, there's yeah, there's, there's a correlation there's, between the two sports. So, bit of transfer, transferability is that the word. There's what? Transferability. Uh, transferable skills. Yes, the word is probably what you're looking for. But yeah, the, so you can you can do that, but not just at the case of it's raining. Let's go chuck some dodgeballs at each other. That's where it falls down. You've got to make sure that your PE lessons, whether it be inside or outside, are planned from a continuity point of view and a continuity point of view to make sure it doesn't affect the quality of learning.
1: Okay, so that's, uh, I think that's about time we've got uh, all the time we've got for now, sorry, um, unless there's anything you wanted to tell me about equipment again. Any... Pumping needles, that's a good man. All right, uh, thanks again for listening everyone. Don't forget to check out all 12 of the podcasts in the TLGPE DNA program, and we'll be with you again soon.